Well, hello everyone. I'm Sharon Feeler with ABC to CEO, and thank you for joining us today. And I have a wonderful guest that I've been so excited about talking to, and I think everyone is going to enjoy this podcast. Um, this is Puna Mohajer, and she is what, in my words, I'm going to call her a Renaissance businesswoman. She has done so many things, and she has done it in many different ways. So right now, um, Puna, you're the CEO and co-founder of Tokidoki, and um, you are a serial entrepreneur at heart. Uh, you have you do everything from multifaceted, uh, ranging from strategic marketing to product and brand development to corporate strategy high-level contract negotiations, corporate structuring, financial operations, much less all of the creativity that uh, that goes into each of these things. So thank you. Women around the world will love hearing what you have to say. Now, just a little bit about your background. I know you've been, you've kind of moved around in several different businesses, but I think it might be most fun if maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got started in business and uh, and all of the things you've done and where it's taking you to get to today. So maybe you can give us your background in your words. No problem. Thank you so much for that kind introduction, Sharon. Um, it's really a pleasure to be here. Part of what I love is inspiring others and younger women and men. Um, but mostly, you know, women, because I am a woman <laughs> and um, I, I cherish the opportunity to model for younger, younger ladies. Um, I had some women when I was growing up that were pretty much powerhouse business women. Um, and, you know, I always in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, if that lady can do it, why not? I can do it, too. So it's always nice to have a reference point with someone you can identify with. Um, I started out early on in my career. My I had my 10 year plan all laid out. I was going to um, I got my law degree and I was going to practice entertainment law and eventually segue into business affairs and ultimately produce. So that was kind of my 10 year plan of getting into the entertainment business. And it's so funny because my sister um, was pre-med at USC and this will segue into my first first company. Uh, and she was she had been training to go to medical school since high school. And she had sliced and diced DNA and with my dad and published um, papers with him. He's a uh, medical device inventor, physician, surgeon, professor of medicine. And so fast forward, we I, I had just graduated from law school. She was right about to take her MCATs, getting ready for MCATs. And she was um, biochemistry major at USC. And basically she started, she's always been very fashion forward. And so she started mixing these fun nail polish colors in um, basically her bathroom and uh, started going, getting massive compliments from friends when she would go out and about with this fun colors. And um, fast forward, we decided to start our little company called Hard Candy Cosmetics, which pretty much exploded in our faces. And we were we we ended up revolutionizing the nail enamel industry and also pushing color cosmetics into a whole nother realm. This is back in the late 90s. We ended up selling our company to Louis Vuitton. So that was a, a very interesting 
wild ride for both of us because we had other plans and this, we, we ended up becoming entrepreneurs. We didn't really know that that was what we were at heart. And um, so that was hard candy, my first business. And out of hard candy, um, I met my um, former husband who ended up being my co-founder in my second business and my third business. And um, so segued from hard candy, took some time off. I was exhausted and then <laughs> jumped back into um, uh, starting a company with my with my ex that was a one stop shop for fashion and lifestyle brands. And basically that was his his area of expertise. I really love product development and um, he had an idea for and this will segue into how ended up with Tokidoki, which is my current company. And we are in our 16th year of building our brand. Um, so we stumbled upon Simone Legno, who's my business partner in Tokidoki and does all of our art. He is a world-renowned graphic artist and um, fine artist as well, and have been on this journey with him building Tokidoki into this international brand. Um, at first, people thought it was I was a little crazy when I showed them Tokidoki and Simone's art. And I thought, oh, well, you just don't understand. This is going to be huge. <laughs> and so lo and behold, all these years later, but going back to when we first met, we discovered Simone online because we were looking for some design talent to start another company in the health and beauty space because I really wanted to get back into product development um, instead of being in the service business. And Lo and behold, we stumbled upon his website and I literally started to scream like a lunatic. I mean, I was I had never you seen anything so immediately. You just loved it. I just fell in love with his art and he had animation on his website and he had games that he had developed. And at that point, he was one of the best flash animators in the world. And I just I the juxtaposition of these gorgeous, sophisticated, beautiful Asian but Japanese ladies um, with these cute, adorable kawaii, which uh, is part of Japanese cute character culture, really resonated with me. I had never seen anything like it, and I just thought it was stunning. And so at first he told us to go away, like thought we were some stalkers. And then my <laughs> my ex said, well, my, my wife started hard candy and sold it to LVMH. Are you sure you don't want to come and meet with us? So he said, oh, okay, I'll come meet with you. And then after a few meetings, we were able to convince him to move. He was 26 when I first met him. And so he moved to Los Angeles and now he's 41 years old and he's got two oh. kids and a beautiful Japanese wife. And, you know, we've been on this amazing journey of building this brand together. And um, Tokidoki is really a phenomenon. Uh, Tokidoki means sometimes in Japanese, and he's philosophized that, that word in that we all wait for those moments sometimes in life uh, to happen. And we, don't, we never know when we're going to meet somebody or we're going to be in an interesting circumstance that's going to completely shift the trajectory of our lives. So it's a very hopeful way of looking at your life. And it's so funny because, you know, there's all these tokidoki moments that we've had as entrepreneurs and co-founders of this company. And we continue to be blessed with those moments. And it's um, it's an absolute honor to, to work with Simone and see you know, continuing to build out this journey and his life's work and his art and the contributions to uh, society. And um, 
it's it's just it's it's just amazing because when you look at the characters, we have a slew of cute character families with really fun backstories, and um, they're very inspiring. There's Tokidoki is really a, a inclusive, non-discriminating world in that there's a, there's something for Tokidoki and in Simone's art and in our character world. Um, and in the fine art that resonates with with everybody. So it's different things. It's a very dynamic brand and uh, it brings a lot of joy to many, many people. And, it, and the thing that I love about it, it that it, it inspires people, it inspires young people, it inspires older people, it inspires everyone um, to be creative and, and use their imagination. It brings out, you know, the, the child in adults and um and it resonates with children as well. It's just really incredible. So I'm, I'm very I honored. Think that's actually a good segue to the inspire part yes. of, of ABC, <laughs> the CEO, and how we are trying to inspire young women to consider the possibility of maybe being a CEO someday. I don't know when you were young, if that was something that was on your mind, or is it something that just evolved? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, no, I, I I don't think that I I ever really even thought about that. I mean, I there weren't many women when I was growing up to model that for me. Um, there were some female entrepreneurs that I had mentioned earlier that that were very successful in their businesses, and um, I always looked up to them. But I, you know, CEO or C-suite was never something that I ever thought as an aspiration per se, and. I think it's amazing that in this day and age, that that is something that can be an aspiration for young women and they can set their sights on it. And I think some of the things um, that are important to keep in mind um, is as you're coming up as a professional to create a network of other professionals and other people in your industry, whatever that may be, just to continue to build those relationships. And it's not just building them with women, although women do need to support one another and not be afraid of that per se, because historically, you know, we, I think because it, it hasn't been a thing that there are women, women are CEOs, um, but in this generation and in our age, that's a possibility. And um, I think building allyship and building out your network and bragging about your other colleagues and your other people in your professional network goes a long way. I mean, it's really like we have to elevate each other. You have to support each other. That's really important. Um, and it goes a long way. Another, another thing I think is important is as you continue on your professional path or your entrepreneurial path, well, your entrepreneurial path is your professional path. Whatever path that you take professionally, um, it's important to develop your emotional intelligence. And there's so much literature out there now and guidance about how to develop that. And look, we live in an amazing world where information has become democratized. And so we're in a different era where you can really tap into so many resources just from your laptop. And it's incredible. And if you can go to a public library, if you don't have access and get access and, you know, just continuing on that path of learning and improving your professional skill set, I think is also really important. Um, I think being able to listen to people like you and other podcasts we've done, 
I mean, this is something I didn't have, you didn't have, uh, no. most of us didn't have when we were kind of forming our career. And it's like you have this opportunity now to take this knowledge that's just at your fingertips and you decide what you want to do with it. Yes. Um, there's not just one path that's for everybody. You went a very entrepreneurial route. Some women go a very corporate kind of business route. Uh, and there's many ways to to look at becoming leaders. So yes. you obviously worked with a lot of women. What do you see as some of the characteristics that women should emulate in, in those things that kind of sometimes maybe get women into a situation that's not as helpful to them? Some of the things to keep in mind as you're, you know, progressing in your, on your professional path is, uh, think before you speak, really think about things. Cause once you say something and you put it out there, you can't take it back. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very difficult to do, to do that <laughs> or to make reparations for that. Um, I think that's important. I think it's important to be a team player and really get your hands dirty, do the hard, do put in the work. I mean, I put in the work, um, my path to becoming a CEO, even though I've, I founded my own companies, I wasn't the CEO right away. My, my, um, ex-husband was the CEO for the first, I would say until we started 2005 was the launch of our brand. He resigned in 2012. But even when he resigned, I didn't take the title of CEO. I was the COO and I was still C, but I had to get buy-in from my management and from my business partners before I took on that title. I had to earn it. You know, you really have to earn the C-suite. You have to earn your, your way into the C-suite. And part of, part of that is getting your hands dirty, doing the hard work, Showing up when you don't feel like showing up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, which happens a lot. Right. I used to, sometimes when I would talk to some people, I'd say, you know, sometimes you actually just have to pretend, you know, even though you don't feel like doing this, yeah. you, you just, you have to push yourself and whatever it takes. And then it becomes real for you because you, you can take on these kind of responsibilities. Absolutely. And so one of the things that I hear a little bit from when I talk to you is you took a lot of risk compared to somebody like me who went a little bit more of a traditional route. And, you know, I was guaranteed a paycheck as long as I showed up for work and things like that. You you took a lot of risk with your career. Can you speak to that? a little? Bit? <laughs> sure. Um, it's important to take risks. You have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I mean, it's the only way that you're going to grow. We grow through adversity. Those are our moments of growth. And the, I think it was 2017. It dawned on me. I'm like, this year, I'm going to do everything that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> just do everything. Just everything that's intimidating that. and scary. Just do it. Right. That's a great, great theme for like your new resolution. I'm going to do everything that scares me. Just do it anyway. Do it anyway and see what happens. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's the only way that you're going to push yourself to that next level. It's important to take risk. And, you know, there's the old adage that's no risk, no reward. I mean, that's really true. That, that really goes deep to, 
to young professionals deep into them because you've got to take risks. You have to, you've got to push yourself to have the difficult conversations um, with your superiors or your colleagues or whatever the situation might require. I think it's really important to push yourself to have those difficult conversations and build your confidence through that and build your resilience through that. That's true. It's too time, too many times you take things personally when in fact you should be looking at it as an opportunity to to better yourself somehow in in the whatever your pursuits are. Yeah. So let's talk also a little bit about confidence. I mean, you're obviously a confident person. Do you think you were born with confidence? Do you think you developed it? Do you think your parents had a role in in shaping your confidence? Oh, I I definitely think my my parents had a everything to do with shaping all of me, actually. Um, my parents immigrated to the United States in the early 60s, and they were naturalized citizens um, in, I believe it was 1974. And uh, I remember when they were studying for their exam, um, it was just adorable to watch them. But they are hardworking you know, immigrants to this country and very proud to be citizens of the United States and proud to have contributed and to actually continue to contribute. Um, but I do think that that does part of your confidence does come from your upbringing. Of course, not everybody is necessarily blessed with that. So you have to look within yourself and you have to, you have to mother yourself sometimes or father yourself and be that source of strength for yourself and tap into whatever is your higher energy, be it God or your spirituality and whatever that may be for you and really nurture yourself. And that's really important while you're nurturing those around you. Don't forget about your colleagues. Yes. Yes. I mean, one of my favorite things is always, if you're going to be a leader, look behind to see who's following. And if people know that, you know, the, that the leader is aware of them going to, to some extent, take care of them, yes. uh, help them on their journey. It's a lot easier to follow somebody who you, you trust that way. Absolutely. So when you're looking at um, hiring people, what kind of traits do you look for in an in individual when you hire them? Are you, I mean, you're obviously a creative company, but there are things that go in addition to the creativity, I'm sure. Can you speak to that for a little bit? Yeah, I think um, we look for people that are super passionate about what we're doing uh, and excited to contribute to um, the company and, 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 and help us grow and uh, just thrilled to be part of the journey. I think that's really important um, in terms of sometimes it's more important, not sometimes, all the time, <laughs> um, to bring on people that really show strength and character and show that they, you know, they really care about others and they have a sense of loyalty and integrity. And um, that's very important. I think that's almost more important than maybe having a specific skill set because you we you can't teach somebody those things that that's kind of innate right the there are right. values mm -hmm. we want people that are can learn yeah to learn and and contribute and and that are aligned with our values and 
that's really important. You know, that's, that's, that's so important to have alignment um, first and foremost there, because if, if there's a misstep there, then it, ultimately it doesn't work out. A lot of our listeners uh, are in their early, very early stages of their career, uh, probably in their 20s. I love it. I know. <laughs> so we want to give them just a couple of little nuggets of advice in your early 20s. If you're in the corporate world or you're trying to do entrepreneurial things, are there there's some things that you feel that you did right or things you would have done differently that you'd like to pass on to young women today? Are there... Uh, characteristics? Is it, you know, we talk a little bit about uh, getting PL responsibility to understanding. You got to understand the numbers to truly run a business. You've got to have good customer relationships. What are the things that come to your mind that you would advise for young women that are trying to shape their career right now? Well, you know, I, I recall a time when I was in my early, I would not early twenties, but in my twenties, um, after law school, and I was working my way into the entertainment industry through the back door. I didn't really know. I didn't, wasn't connected, very connected in that world. So, um, I really had to show myself. And I remember, um, my boss, I was in on a Sunday and I wasn't putting my hours down and my boss came in and he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry. I'm not going to put it on my time card. I just want to get a jump start on the week and be prepared. And, you know, like, it's not going to, ref- it's not on you. It's on me. I'm here for myself to put in the extra time so that I can perform really well for the week. Um, and it, so I think it's putting, I'm not saying, you know, you have to work like sleep away work every Sunday, but you know, it's, it's, it's going a little bit above and beyond what the the basic requirements of what your job is per se, or whatever it is that you're working on is really taking your passion to another level and showing yourself and showing up for yourself Mm -hmm. and others will notice Yes. And and it's not just for yourself. You're really showing up for the, the greater good, the organization, right. the team, right. whatever team you're on. It's you're showing up for your colleagues. But at the uh, same and time, I always feel that you do need to differentiate yourself. And if that's through working a little, you know, creating more more uh, uh, products, you know, whatever it is. For me, back when I was starting in business, there weren't a lot of women getting MBAs. And so for me, it was getting an MBA and it differentiated me from a lot of other people in general, be it men or women. And granted, it's not the key, but let's just say it was something that you get a little star next to your name and then people take notice. And then it's like, okay, now what can you do because of that? Exactly. That's great that you have the degree. Show me what you can do. That's right. Yeah. And so you can get noticed. Right. You can get noticed, but then you still got to prove that there's something in you that you have to offer that's that's going to help the whole organization. It's so important. And that's really how you show yourself and you show up when you're showing up for everybody else and yourself. It's not, you know, I had a young person say to me that was working for me, you know, um, I have to think about my, me, my, me, me, my, and I'm thinking, oh my God, uh, what about us? (laughs) 
And, you know, I, I always go back to a leader has to have follow, willing followers and you get so much, so much accomplished if you're all in this together. Yeah. So we're kind of running out of time here, sadly. I didn't mean to keep you this long, but do you have any final thoughts or messages or anything that we didn't touch upon that you would like to add for for young women or, or even for parents who are raising young girls? Uh, are there some things that are like, okay, we, we talked about a lot of great things, but we missed one. I will tell you, I, you know, I didn't get to be successful without failing. Like failing is part of the formula. You're, you're going to have moments where you fail and you can be sad for a second and then get up and figure out your next steps. Do not wallow in that. That one moment will not define you for the rest of your life. Right. Remember that. That's right. Yeah. And that goes back to building your confidence. And you, you don't necessarily learn, like I said earlier, Sharon, without adversity. And part of adversity is having those moments where you feel like you're failing. I mean, I feel like I, I still feel like I'm failing at certain things and I just have to be like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> right. Let's go. Let's get busy. <laughs> and and it's, it's always about self-reflection upon, okay, what can I do different than maybe I have done that I will feel like I'm making a step forward. You just, like you said, you just can't stand still you always have to be grasping for something. And sometimes you grasp for something and you can't reach it, but that doesn't keep you from grasping again. Absolutely. Or grasping in a different way. And right. you know, one of, one of my favorite books is Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, I love that book. Yeah. That's a good book. Everyone needs to read that book. <laughs> I have it on nightstands of my guest bedrooms for people because <laughs> you can't read it too many times because it's great to get... The reinforcement again is like change is going to happen. What do I do about it? Exactly. That's that's so great. I love that you have that. <laughs> that is so wonderful. I love that book. I still pick it up too and read it sometimes. And it's just it's so good. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing all of your wonderful morsels of knowledge with us. There are many women out there who didn't have a chance to see women like you when they were shaping their careers. And I think role models are such a key to believing you can do something. So thank you for helping us, for women, believe there is the possibility, if they so choose, of becoming a CEO. Mm -hmm.